Elena. Someone burned down your house with you inside. Do you know anyone that would do this? One day you wake up and your life is settled and you know who you are, or at least you think you do. This is Mia, everyone. She's new to Shaker. Hi, Mia. Hi. Do you even know anything about this woman? I saw her sleeping in her car. You rented to a homeless person. You know what felt good? Helping. I've been meaning to hire someone for my house. Just to do a little light cleaning, some laundry. You mean to be your maid? I meant more of a house helper. Did I do the right thing? Running from the truth? A good mother makes good choices. You didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Have you really looked at yourself? Parts you're afraid to look at. What's up, y'all? We're back for another episode of uh, Big Water Anywhere. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Little Fires <laughs> Everywhere review show. This is probably like a summer series, something to kind of get us through these COVID months. Um, so we're back with season one, episode two, Seeds and All. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and I have a very special guest. If you all have been paying attention, this voice should not be unfamiliar to you. Please let these people know who is joining me on today's dramatic-ass episode. <laughs> What's up, y'all? I'm back again. Marcus Haynes, a.k.a. Lucas Deuce, a.k.a. the master of the elementals. Here to talk a little bit about what is it, big uh, big waters, big water anywhere. <laughs> yes, God. Okay, okay. So um, again, like I said, you should you should know this voice. Um, we've got CBN Movie Night. We did the Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths. Uh, yeah, so you should be familiar. If not, get familiar. And those past episodes will be in the show notes. <sighs> okay, so getting right in episode two. Seeds in awe. <clears throat> Unsettled by a faulty reference, Elena snoops into Mia's past while Mia bonds with her immigrant co-worker, B.B. Chow, who makes a confession with far-reaching consequences. Um, first thing first, and I hope this is not problematic, but B.B. Chow sounds like a drag queen. And I think it's because of B.B. Zahara Burnett, but... <laughs> Yes, BB. If so, you know, slap me on the wrist. My apologies. I mean, I hurt nobody, but that that feels very much like a drag name. Um, okay, what? Give me some general thoughts. How was you feeling about the series as a whole? Uh, episode two. D- did you finish the whole series already at the time of this recording? <laughs> I have. Okay. <laughs> How much time do you have? Oh my god. Uh, okay. Well, what? Good Yeah. It's a great show. Extraordinarily stressful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, it's one of those things that if you, you know, this is the perfect time to watch it mm-hmm. because a lot of us are still, you know, in quarantine. We're mm-hmm. still working from home. So when they're having to deal with people, yeah. this is the best time to watch it. Right, if right. If you not want to watch this show, mm-hmm. you have to go deal, well, I'm going to say, um, with the payer folk. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is, this is true. <clears throat> um, 
Celeste, and I'm not going to butcher that last name. It is M.G. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to mess it up. But she's an um, Asian author. And um, this was originally a book. Have you read the book? No, that I have not. Me either. Me either. Me either. After watching the first episode, I was like, oh, I have to get my hands on this book. Now, I might not read it until I finish the whole series, but I, I, this made me want to get the uh, get the book. So now, you, uh, now, I have read a little bit about it, like not excerpts or anything, but just people talking about it yeah. in relation to the show. Um, and people have said, you know, like with most stuff, the show changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just I guess just be ready for that. The show, you know, did some stuff different. The main thing that was interesting, really, really interesting mm-hmm. to me, was that they said that Mia and Pearl, their race was not mentioned in the book. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Like, How does this story work without that? I mean, that got to be... Because just going forward, the... Well... well okay, because when you said that, first thing came to mind for me was... Pearl in the guidance counselor's office, excuse me. And now that you say that, playing it back, I could see the scene being exactly the same because he said Cleveland kids. He never said black people. But I think it holds more weight because they are black. Wow. Wow. Okay. that Mind blown. Mind blown. Uh, <laughs> Celeste, you did that. Um... Okay, so we open up on 1983. 1983. When I originally watched this, I assumed that Mia was maybe a sex worker. Um, through watching it, and then I think, oh, forgive me, homegirl who was on Twitter. Some girl was like, no, I didn't take it that she was a sex worker. I took it that she was just having sex. And then going through the episode, especially with Moody and Pearl having their conversation later, then I was like, okay, well, she's sexually liberated. Um, but the fact that she was having sex in that car and Pearl was in the back seat made me think it was a survival thing. I don't know what, you know, why that was my first thought, but I was I was here for it. Like, okay, she's a sex worker. That's adding some some layers. But uh, apparently she's not, so that's cool. Um, she knows how to hold on to a car. We've had that car since '83. <laughs> um, what do you? What are your thoughts? What do you get? What did this first scene give you when we went back to '83? Um, like you said, I um, I thought that she was a sex worker. That was my first thought, and I was like, okay, you know, she's having to do what she has to do. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And then uh, when they, I don't even think they finished. Just Pearl just happened mm-hmm. to wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, okay, you got to go. <laughs> and that said to me that, all right, well, you know, she still clearly cares very much for kind of maintaining her daughter's, I guess, purity, innocence yeah. type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that she kind of like just really just shined in her daughter's face kind of told me that, okay, you know, she she really, really cares about this uh, about this little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, I this was actually the first episode I watched when oh. I saw it the first time. Okay. I went back and watched because I was watching it with someone else. Mm-hmm. So I went back and watched episode one after this. Yeah, but yeah, that was my first introduction to me. Oh, so I was like, oh, okay, okay well, let's work. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is interesting. Now I've mentioned before well, on Twitter, but I cannot 
separate Kerry Washington from Olivia Pope. And it's not that I don't understand she's playing a different character, but in my eyes, Save the Last Dance was Olivia back in the day. And then you go through something like this only to come on on the other side as Olivia Pope. Like, I just, I can't separate. And somewhere in the middle, uh, what was that that play turned movie about her and the missing son and the white husband? Like, something, I don't know. I, I just... We're, we're watching the Kerry Washington extended universe. I mean, that's it. That's what it is. She is the Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see. I don't think I've ever seen Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon in the same space. Reese Witherspoon is a white woman I've always enjoyed. I don't think there's ever been anything racially or just problematic at all with her. I could be wrong, but I've, I can't recall ever getting anything negative from her um i can't either but i will tell you that watching this people have pointed out that <laughs> reese witherspoon can play the hell out of a white woman oh yeah oh for sure she she did this she did this <laughs> like there's no there's no denying she did this i think carrie did a good job but reese wither wither really reese witherspoon really sold it for me um I, I don't know. She just sold it. I know I mentioned before as well, the character she played on Election, this feels like that same girl. I It just feels like her all grown up. Um, I did notice, and I don't know if this is what this means, but Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon names were both appeared on the screen at the same time. Reese's was above hers, but Kerry Washington, if you're reading, left to right was came before hers. I don't know if that means anything. They weren't on the the same line because even on the same line you would read Carrie's first, but I don't know. I don't know. That, I'm sure that was intentional, but whatever. So season all. Uh, okay. So I, I'm still processing. So we 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 go back to September of '97. Um, this is first day of school. This is a new beginning. Uh, we open up on Carrie doing her artwork. Carrie Mia doing her artwork with her, her paints and turquoiseness and whatnot. And then we cut that between her and Reese, her and Elena making breakfast and lunch for her kids. I I don't like Elena. Uh, I think Reese is doing a phenomenal job, but I don't like this character. I don't like her. Um. I don't think you're supposed to. <sighs> She's, I'm, in, I'm sure I'm biased because of my lived-in experience and the news within the last 24 hours and that we've seen forever in a day. Um, I, she is very much Stepford mom. She's very much, um, I don't know, just old-school, wealthy white woman. Um I like that she's bumping heads with Izzy. Uh, I think that's good. That's the fuck you get. Um, I don't know. She has four kids. Uh, Izzy, Lexi, Moody. I don't know the older boy's name. Trip. Okay, trip. Yep, he is a trip. Um, and so this is <laughs> sitting in the scene. Oh, her husband. Is that the guy from American Pie? 
think so. I, I feel like people said that. I haven't even looked it up. I don't know why, but I'm looking at him and hearing him. I'm like, that's that skinny dude who slept with Stifler's mom, is it not? I feel like that's him. Um, So the first kind of, not inciting incident, I don't know why I want to go there. The first shocking uh, revelation is... Mia and Pearl walking out to the sidewalk while she's getting ready for school. And Pearl tells her, hey, I'm going to go by, by Moody's after school. You know, hang out there for a bit. And <laughs> Mia says, oh, yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> because I now work for them. What do you... What, how are you... I, I don't know what to do with this. That poor baby. I don't know. Well, okay. So, full stop. Mm -hmm. Mia being these folks made is a lot. It is. Like, just that in and of itself is a lot. Yeah. Um, The way that Elena came at her, trying to get her to be the maid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of that was a whole lot. Yeah. Um, And then, in this instance, and I specify in this instance, Mm -hmm. because... Stuff to happen later. In this instance, <laughs> I'm with um, Pearl. Yeah. Because to like that's wow. So um, this these folk, particularly this boy that you know that I'm you know kind of seeing mm-hmm. after. You working for them? <laughs> like that don't that don't strike you as maybe not something you should do. I. <laughs> um. So. Pearl's like embarrassment at this whole situation. Like I feel that mm-hmm. because I was embarrassed and irritated yeah. for both of them. Because I'm just like, oh, you are you are legit this woman made. Yeah. Maid. Yeah. You house manager or not, it's still a maid. I um I I, I wanna say I get it because I know you're trying to look after your daughter. But I can't say that I get it. <laughs> Because what are you, I, much like you, what are you doing? What do you, what, and, 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 and then my issue comes in later on with Mia and Elena's conversation. Because if you're not going to commit, if you're doing this just to keep an eye on your daughter, but if you're not going to commit, like you, you half ass, I mean, get away with whatever she's going to let you get away with. I mean, you know, scam yeah. all day, but. What are you doing? <laughs> not... right. No, it's just like what I don't know. Like I had a looking at this, and you know, trying to just look at this episode by itself. Yeah. Like even just doing that, like it's like you going back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I understand some of the stuff that she was doing, like you said, scamming and doing well, what have you. But it's I don't know. It's like she's trying to figure out like. What can she do in this position, you know, as house manager or whatever she want, whatever they want to call her? Mm-hmm. Like from her conversations with Elena to like her being like, uh, "I'm not doing that," or "I'm gonna come here at this time," and so on and so forth. Yeah, like it's just I don't know. It was it was a lot of back and forth, and I was I was trying to get a feel for it, much in the same way that I think uh, the characters were trying to get a feel for it. Yeah, no, for real. Because like, I, what are you, what are you doing? What are you accomplishing? And uh, it's she's very she's very much a secret. Um, she's very private, and I think it's you know with good reason. Uh, you know, cause whatever your life is your life. You be you can be private all day long. That's on you. But shit, with a daughter like Pearl, you know, 
you know eventually there's going to have to either be compromised or you pushing her away. Because what is she, a junior? No, she's a sophomore, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're about 14, 15 years old. You got to... Huh, you gotta, you gotta let, you gotta, you gotta figure this shit out. Um, yeah, so Pearl runs off to the, are they Robinson? I don't, Richardson's, I don't. That's it, Richardson. Richardson, sure. She goes out to them, they're having their, their, uh, picture day, or their first, first day picture. Now, these are four very different personalities, these kids. Uh, Elena, Hmm. Elena has given birth to herself in the form of Lexi and then probably herself or her husband with Trip. But then with Moody and Izzy, I think it's um you know, they're the babies, they have their own personality, their own what they gonna do. I feel like Moody is still kinda in that realm of the good son. But Izzy, what is what is your take on this relationship with Izzy and Elena? Child, they, can, they hate each other. They can't stand each other. <laughs> like, they can't stand each other. Like it's so clear. Yeah. They, they they approach the world from such vastly different perspectives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are just constantly butting heads. Like they cannot stand each other. And I'm 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 to the point where I'm like I don't know how y'all lasted this long. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Especially I guess with. This is my first time watching it through, and I, I don't... I try to make sure I watch episode before I record an episode. But looking back on the opening scene of the entire series with this house up in flames, and I think Moody said, oh, mom's going to find a way to blame Izzy for this. So for me, the whole I'm watching it to enjoy it, but every scene that I see Izzy and every scene with her and her mom, I'm getting more and more anxious because I'm like, when... I'm like, does this happen midway through the uh, season? Is this at the end of the season? Like, what pushes her over the edge? That I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm on edge. The, the show does a really good job of it's where it seems like every conversation could lead to that. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time that they're talking, it's like this is gonna be the thing. This is gonna be the thing. Yeah, the straw breaks the camel's back mm-hmm. because their interactions are so fraught. Like yeah. that whole that whole first. I know we're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. But that whole first episode. Oh, for sure. Yes. God damn. Yes. <laughs> I um. I, I I know there's no handbook to being a parent, but. At some point, and I know, again, with all the caveats that this is, though it was created, like, within the last year or so, it's still based in the 90s. With all that being said, like, at some point, you gotta, you gotta look at why are me and, why is me and this kid not getting along to the degree that I am with my other kids? What am I not doing, or what am I doing? And just from the outside looking in, it feels to me that Izzy is being perfectly clear. I'm not made in your image. I'm not made in the image of this family. She is the redhead stepchild for, you know, lack of a better term. And Elena can't handle that. Like when we like when you start to look at it, like look at her as a character, mm-hmm. like it's very the person's actions are very telling of their personality. Mm-hmm. She was making them lunches or whatever have you. She had them in their color coded bags and she set them on the countertop and she straightened them out. Yeah. And she has this big, huge calendar with everybody's events. Mm-hmm. She scheduled in time for them to have sex. 
Mm. Like, she's a control freak. Like, she has to be in control of each and every aspect of anybody's around her lives. And is he in doubt for this shit? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you're trying to control everything, you're not going to control me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm with her. I'm with her. And then this is, um, I keep, I keep having to put myself back in this time period at my age. Cause I'm thinking this is 97 though. It is over 20 years ago. Right. It's, it's near and dirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit. See, <laughs> it still isn't that long ago. Cause I'm thinking this is 97 blade came out in what? 99. Then the first X-Men movie came out in what? Maybe 2000, 2001. Um, um, like this is, I'm, I, I can vividly see 97 in my head from being a kid. So I'm like, okay, I, it, this is, though it's fiction and entertainment, it isn't so far removed from the real world. Like this is, we can say these events happen. Um, this ain't no Marvel DC shit. This ain't nobody flying and superpowers. This is a regular story. And looking back on that, like, I don't know. Elena is just shitty. She's a horrible parent. That's all I got. She's a horrible parent. Um, Pearl, Pearl rose up, rose up, rise up on her bike. Elena gets her in the picture. She's like, no, you know, that's okay. You know, she forced her to get in between the boys. All five of y'all. It was a, a cute picture. Um, what are your feelings about Elena in reference to Pearl? Do you think that she's overstepping in some of her actions from like episode one up until now or this episode as well? Yes. Okay. Now, do you think the same about Mia with um, Izzy? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's a difference in, I think it's the difference is in the approach. Yeah. Um, for Elena, Mia, oh, not Mia, well, Mia too, but mm-hmm. Pearl is another person to control, another mm. person to shape. Mm. Like, if you look at how she talked about Pearl, even from the very beginning. It's like. Oh, there's this young mother and her daughter, and she's she's such a wonderful little girl. Like mm-hmm. she's she's another part for the play with people. I think that's a little bit different from how Izzy and Mia's relationship, at least how it started, mm-hmm. because at the beginning, is I mean Mia ain't really paying Izzy no attention. Yeah, she really ain't think about this little girl. Like. um... Izzy is the one who kind of initiates the thing. Like, she starts, she, like, kind of throws a jab, like, kind of, you know, kind of talks sassy and mm-hmm. And Mia responds, and, you know, they start to bond over being artists. Mm-hmm. They start to bond over being outcasts mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So, like, I think it's a difference in approach. Elena reached out for Pearl because she wanted someone else to control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would wager to say that she wanted somebody to replace Izzy. Oh, I was just, okay, there we go. That's exactly, um, yep. <laughs> versus Izzy reached out for Mia because mm-hmm. she, again she needs somebody to replace her mom yeah no no I agree those are my very same reasons why I feel exactly how you do um, especially with Elena's personality type like you said I feel like this was a good way to replace your daughter this is adding in another person kind of a, a charity case mm-hmm. yeah a That's charity case cool. Who you can mold and shape, because even later on when she addresses the um, the AP 
Mav situation, it's it 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 almost seems harmless in the sense that you're you're helping out, but then you can't take that one interaction on its own, especially after you've already shown who you are in the last hour and what maybe ten minutes that we've known you. So yeah, she's I feel like she's more controlling, manipulative, um, nosy. And I feel like Mia and Pearl are a project for her. I don't. Uh, just another thing to say, oh, I'm a good person, or I've done this great thing. Um, yeah, so they go off to school, and my initial shock was that there were so many black and brown people at this school. I wasn't expecting this. Now, they they said something about the school. Mm-hmm. They said something about it being integrated, like one of the first places to be integrated or something mm-hmm. to that and the way it's set up, you know, um, I was fairly young in the 90s, but yeah. what, I, what I remember, like, you know, this is the point in time where we're starting to see kids being bussed over into um, better yeah. um, schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I, what based off of the reaction to some of the stuff that the guidance counselor said, yeah. and then seeing all these black and brown folk in the school, I'm willing to bet that a lot of these were kids who live in other neighborhoods mm-hmm. who, were, who were taking buses and stuff mm-hmm. to get over to this school. Right. Because Shaker is clearly very, very white. Yeah, and I wonder, though I'm from the Midwest and I've spent time in Ohio, I don't know if Shaker is a real place. Again, y'all, I probably could have looked it up. I did not. If you're listening and you know that Shaker is a real place or it is not, uh, use the hashtag BWAPod and let me know if it is or not. Um, I know the guidance counselor mentioned kids coming in from Cleveland, and I assumed I'd see black people because Lexi's boyfriend is black. But this is my own preconceived notion that when she mentioned it last episode, like talking about civil rights and whatever else, I pictured a Luke Fox from Batwoman type of black or a Ivy League preppy type of black guy. I didn't expect the black we got on this episode (laughs) when they revealed who her boyfriend was. Um, uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, we uh, like it also makes sense because you're mm-hmm. an athlete. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then what is Izzy? Not Izzy. Um, Lexi is a senior. Am I? Or is okay? Because it's her kids are like stair step. I know. Uh, it's Izzy is the youngest, then Moody, then Lexi, then Trip, unless that's reversed. I know that I think, Lexi's I think going the off. Office the office. Okay, okay, and, and that makes sense because Lexi uh, is the one who's writing her Yale, her paperwork to go to Yale. So we see her with the black dude who, to me, again, I said looks like Don Cheeto if he was a little kid. Um, he's giving me the wood. I, that's just that's what he's giving me. Um, I mentioned a few extended universes because, again, I wouldn't be me without it. But for some reason, watching this show, the wood... Um, all of those early 2000s black period films that were like, I think the wood present day was like early 2000s, but the flashbacks were like the 70s, 80s. That gives me this for some reason. I don't know why, but that gives me this. So my, 
my extended universe theory is that the wood is in the same universe as little fires everywhere. <laughs> so take do that do with that what you will. Um Izzy, and this is something that I wasn't expecting, when she get when we get to her at the school and she's uh looking into her locker, it comes out that there's a picture of Ellen on like Time magazine. Whenever she I think first came out of uh, the closet being gay. I didn't take Izzy when I when I saw her. She wasn't coded as lesbian to me. Not to say that they didn't do a good job presenting that, but that's just not where I went. So to see that she's getting bullied and teased and getting the lesbian mm-hmm. title place on her is that something that you initially thought? I didn't think of it either, but I will say once I saw her and once I started hearing the bullying, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, I have to go back to the fact that this was the first episode that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I watched this episode and I went back and saw how much um, she butted heads, how yeah. how um, ostracized she felt, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I mean, it was the same for me, but I I just didn't. I was very shocked that that's where they went. Which yeah. high school though was a long time ago, wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Like, I still have memories. For, well, whatever. Let me not go down that, that path. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Let me call my therapist. Talk space? No. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, shit. Um, so, we go back to the uh, the White House, and, and, Mia and <laughs> Mia and Elena are talking, and they're pretty much, like, coming up with who what she's going to do um, in the house and for the house and whatnot. And pretty much Elena's like, I need you to cook, uh, wash dishes and kind of just clean and wash everything. Yeah. You know, be our mammy. And Mia's like, okay, um, well, I'll be back this afternoon. Uh, this was a very tense conversation without being like, there was no shouting, but it was so this show is a master of the uncomfortable tension yes like there's so many points you're like like you feel like it's on the edge of something popping out yeah but it doesn't quite go there all the time at least uh me okay so now this is the part where i'm i'm conflicted because again you you took on this job Though y'all didn't initially set terms, the woman who's paying you is giving you these terms. And I guess this is a negotiation period. But this, I don't know. I'm I'm not mad at Mia, but for her to be like, well, I'm going home so I can do my art because I do it in the daytime and this is just what it is. More power to her, but I still don't know how I feel about that interaction. My... For me, the, mm-hmm. the main thing is it's just like I don't like the setup of this entire of this entire <laughs> scenario. Like, I was clocked out when I found out she was going to be the man me in the first place. Yeah. Um. So for me, any way that she can undermine yes. this fucked up situation that they're in, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Okay. You say, yeah. Tell that woman you ain't coming here until <laughs> you get good and ready. Do it. <laughs> yes. So. You know, for for me, it's it's that type of deal, but it also I think it also says a lot about Elena and how the fact that she didn't think this through. Yeah, 
that she just wanted to do something yeah. that she has no real, there's no real consequence. Like, uh, uh, Mia could tell her, I ain't, I ain't coming back. I'm coming back between the hours of 11 a.m. and 12 noon. Yeah, yeah. What was she? Yeah, not a damn thing. Because she's so, she's sorry. She's weak. <laughs> Um, and her husband, I do like his role in this because so far anyways, he is not being involved. Like this is a decision she made. He's giving his opinion, but ultimately this is a decision you made. Now, I don't know if later on she'll ask him for help or anything, but he's like, shit, you don't even know this goddamn woman. It was a homeless woman that you found. You already called and reported her. Then you give her a place to stay. And she give you a shitty reference, and you like you need to take care of this. And to me, I know people aren't probably as self aware. Like you, you probably won't see the issues you have quicker than somebody else on the outside looking in. But shit, if you can fuck up this royally with Mia, how do you not have more empathy for your own daughter? Who you're bumping heads with. Like, how can you not see... If you fucking up with this stranger, you might be fucking up in your own house some kind of way. Oh. It's asking for too, for, for too much uh, cognitive brain power. I guess, because that motherfucker, she, she's... I don't know. Uh, the next scene is the one that triggered me, and I'm going to say... um, Pearl in the guidance counselor's office... So you, I mean, go ahead. What's what? So, <laughs> as someone who you know who took advanced classes, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's done, you know, the 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 not necessarily the AP, but the dual enrollment thing, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the gifted class, so on and so forth, to have someone just automatically assume that you prepared for our rigorous coursework. Just off of a first glance, mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 happened more than a few times. Mm-hmm. So I definitely saw, you know, definitely saw um, some familiar experiences. Yeah, in that sort of interaction, and the fact that he that the guidance counselor tried to like tried to soften the blows, like, oh well, you know, our coursework is different, and you know, some of the kids from the neighborhood and I know that you came from mm-hmm. you really deal with the courses here that well so maybe you just want to stay in your place mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. yeah okay, yeah um if this was a different show I would love to see him murdered but it's not <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna just leave it at that but yeah he was shitty yes please um I think that actor did a good job at portraying this very condescending um, gatekeeper. Like, this girl has told you, you've gotten transcripts while she's sitting here talking to you, and yet this still isn't enough. I'm proving how worthy I am, but it's not enough to you because I'm just a poor black girl. Again, I'm showing concrete, tangible evidence that this is something I've done, and your response is, it's better to do well in a regular class than to fall back in a, um advanced class. I, when he said it, I expected for my mother to go up to that school <laughs> and have a talk with him to get Pearl into this class. Uh, and my mother's been dead for a few years. But this, this was such a triggering damn scene that I remember 
having conversations with teachers or with counselors or with staff or whoever and having to assert myself as a child and then having to come back later with my mama so that they would know that this ain't the one you want to fuck with. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, he then hits her with the, um, do you need like a subsidized lunch ticket form or something? Ooh, that was so mad. Mm. That was, I was so mad. I, I wish she didn't need I it. I wanted her to say no. Right. But I knew she probably agreed. Oh my God. That. Yeah, this actress, she like I think everybody is really doing a really good job at playing their roles. And the fact that I don't like Elena and I really hated this nigga, just just a testament to how well that they're doing um in these roles and I feel for Pearl. Sometimes she run her mouth too fucking much, but I feel for Pearl. And this was one of those times. Shit. Um, yeah. So we next moved to Mia in the uh, house doing her artwork. Headphone from the Walkman in her ear. She's uh, smoking. She getting high. Uh, listening to some Zulu stuff. I don't. I don't know. She's listening to some time period specific stuff. And there's a knock on the door. And in walks Elena. Which for me. I don't know. I don't know. You're not just walking in my house. I don't care if this is your building. If I'm paying you rent, this is my house. You're not. This house ain't on fire. You don't hear no screams for help. You're not walking in my house. Um, But she does. And her first words out of her mouth is. Oh, is something burning in here? Oh, there's so many microaggressions. Oh my god! Yeah, I, fuck her, fam. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and her, you inserting yourself into my space, and then spending all this unnecessary time in it, and using these games, things, this always oh, bring you the keys and. And money for um, groceries and like these things where it's I think it's just showing your power. Um, I don't own a rental property. Anyone out there who does, please feel free to tweet me uh, BWA pod and let me know. But why? I don't see a reason for you to walk into my home. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna leave it there. But you're here. You're looking at my artwork. You're judging me. That's, I mean, that's what you're doing anyways. You're judging my living space. You're giving me these half-assed compliments. You're trying to not seem racist or like a bad person. This is mentally exhausting. Why do I have to put up with this in my own home? My house. Um, yeah, so this is where Elena mentions the... Um, the 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 reference the man who she's never he's never heard of you before and I just don't like Elena for her business I get it but you've half-assed this whole situation you fucked up you're doing this out of guilt because you called the police on this chick and then this is the chick that's coming to see your place like I just you cut down the rent out of guilt you got her in here month to month out of guilt. You are putting your foot in your mouth from doing all this silly ass 
trying to not be racist, but trying to be a good person type shit. Like, you... But, you know, I wouldn't... It, a lot of it is guilt. But I, I'm, I'm not going to give it just guilt. Because I do, like, I do stand by the fact that I, that she wants... What you kind of said about her wanting to exert power. Mm-hmm. And I said earlier about her wanting to be in some sort of control. Yeah. I think that the ability to be able to say that I saved this poor mm. single black sister and her bastard child. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. that, that is so alluring to her that, you know, she she's going to do whatever she can mm-hmm. um, to kind of hold on to that and to be able to say that, you know, I did a good thing. I'm a good person. Yeah. I mean, we already see how much she sort of like holds on to the accomplishments that she has. Mm-hmm. We, she talked about the interview with, I don't even remember who, yeah. I'm some white woman mm-hmm. that she had an interview with. Um, <laughs> like, she holds on to these things, so she wants to be able to say, you know, I did this great thing. Yeah. The guilt is a part of it, but I think that the wanting to be able to say that I helped these people is also a big part of it. Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. Because even at her own job, her part-time or whatever this is, she doesn't have the power that she does at home, uh, or the respect, rather, because I remember some guy, I thought when I first saw the first episode, he was, like, joking with her, but it was clearly very um, negative, whatever the comment was that he made. And she gave him this, you know, cold-as-ice look, like, nigga, what the fuck you talking to me? And even with her daughter, when she's... hmm? Yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say it was something about uh, it was something about her about all the kids she had because yeah. she had like like uh, maternity leave four yeah. times over. Yeah. So yeah, she she I think she's holding on to the power that she has, and I mean it's unfortunate. Like, yeah, you did a thing. I'm not gonna say it's a good thing because you're still renting out your property to this person you're getting money from, but you know you did a thing, and now you're in control again. Um, yeah. Fuck her. So, music class. Another moment where I remember seeing things like this. So, Izzy is in music class playing the violin. Her music teacher's up. And there's a chick next to her. Well, I think Jessica, she was playing the violin too. Um, I wonder if it's Jessica... Uh, is she poor? Um, I only say that because you mentioned that in the book there was no race... And the quote-unquote popular girl sat further in the back. I guess they played a different instrument. But for some reason, Jessica wasn't getting the notes right or something. But the music teacher pretty much embarrassed her. She yelled at her, you ain't fucking doing this right. Izzy stand up and show them how the fuck is done. This bitch done. I mean, she didn't say all that. But she's like, you know, you ain't doing what the fuck you're supposed to do. Now, Izzy stands up. She starts performing in the... Popular girls in the back are like, um, what's they call her? Ellen's coming out again or Melissa Edwards? Something. They gave her some, yeah. another lesbian joke. Um, I feel so bad for that girl. That's unfortunate. But I wish she could fight because that's what she should be doing, knocking these bitches' heads off. Um, so there's that. And then we move on to Elena. At work, she gets the call from the landlord, David Craig, I think. He's like, hey, Mia was great. Never heard a peep. Them the tenants you want. Her and her daughter were delightful. They was cool. Again, Mia scammed this hoe. I'm for it. Scam this hoe. 
um, I don't know. I just everything about Elena bothers me. Everything, everything about her. Um, she's very Stepford wife. She gives me Get Out, Armitage, Family. Um, almost like a Spike Lee villain, but not. I feel like because you know, for him, a a, a a wealthy white person or a um white person as the oppressor or whatnot is 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 a villain. But she's giving me. I don't know why she bothers me so much, but her husband doesn't. Um, I get the role that they play in the show is very different. And he's a bit more backseat than she is. But I'm trying to look at myself and like... Because they both... They both contribute to the same... Um, machine, so to speak. She's a bit more active in what she's done with this show, but she's able to have these issues and deal with Mia in the way that she does in part due to him. They're both wealthy or together wealthy, but I'm trying to figure out why I don't like her, but I don't really care too much about him. I think it's because he's a lot, he's more unassuming isn't the word I want, though it may fit. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not as present, I think. Yeah. As um as a as what you call it, as a lighter is. Yeah. It's not as like oh as in your face mm-hmm. and nerves and such. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that's probably it, but I I'm not giving that nigga a pass. He's still Please don't no please don't. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's shitty too. He helped create these fucking four damn bastard kids. No. <laughs> um so, she gets the call. She's very confused. And we see that Mia is actually at her job, at her part-time job, talking with the owner. Who And he tells her, like, yeah, you know, you're you're quiet, but, you know, you got a lot going on or there's something under there or whatever she said, he said. And um, she mentions a Asian woman. Um, I'm not – is she Chinese? Was that confirmed? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, well, he's – well, yeah, no, because she said, what's wrong with her? And he was like, I don't know. She doesn't really talk much. Um, she doesn't speak English well. And he was like, well, you don't speak Chinese? And he said, oh, that's Mandarin. That No, he said, man, bro, that shit is Mandarin. But I was like, okay, what does that mean? Can you not? Mm. I, I don't know, so I, I had to move past it. I yeah, it. Uh, same, same boat. I don't really understand that. Um, and this is an Asian boss, by the way. So... We cut to Mia at the White House, and she's going through people's stuff. She's going through medicine cabinets, desk drawers, bedrooms, and eventually land on Izzy's room, which is the most 80s, 90s room, pictures on the wall, drawings everywhere. Um, And Izzy comes, is this? No, no, okay, so Izzy comes in. And they're looking at drawings, and they make have a little connection there. I like a lot of the the interactions are very quiet, and they're not a lot of verbal. It's it's a lot of looks, glances, a lot of nods to each other, a lot of we just have this understanding, and the fact that Mia is able to see something in Izzy that her own mother isn't seeing. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because the same thing happens with Pearl and Elena. Um, but I, I, I just think that's interesting. Um, and she makes meatloaf instead of roast, like Elena requested. 
And um, another power move. Yeah, it's just it's a, these. You got me cooking. I'm gonna cook what I want. Yeah, <laughs> even though I said, you know, give me give me a recommendation. That was just some bullshit. I didn't really mean it. So, <laughs> I mean, you get what you get. Um, she she being Mia and uh, Izzy have this conversation about school. How was it? You know how? And I felt like. Mia was very empowering, like, okay, yeah, you're dealing with this shit, but who's to say you got to deal with it forever? What are you going to do to be more active? She, to me, on the outside looking in, not having any kids, she very much was like, okay, well, you have a problem, we're discussing it, but what are you going to do to take care of it? What are you going to do to make sure that you aren't the victim? I felt like that was a very good learning, teachable moment, um, which is cut off immediately by... Moody and Pearl walking in the front door and I get the sense that Pearl planned to spend the day at this house with Moody and his siblings. Mia said we're going to leave in an hour. Mm -hmm. I, I, Say it. I mean, Say it. I, I mean, she's the mom, but I felt like, well... I mean, if you don't want her here or don't want her here as much, I guess say that. But to insert yourself and be... And I say that knowing that, of course, this is the parent. But to insert yourself and be like, well, we leaving. We... This ain't where we belong. This ain't what we doing. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. And I understand it. Um... <laughs> But it does come. It comes across as shitty. Yeah. It it, it comes across as, as, as really shitty and really unfair to Pearl, particularly because we know the day that she has had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it comes across as bad to her, but it makes sense when you look at. Um, I mean, because we have we we go we have to go back to mm -hmm. why Mia took the job in the first place. Yeah. Um, because she didn't trust. Basically, she didn't trust them white folks around her, around her baby. Oh yeah, and I'm all for it. I don't, I'm not, I don't fault her for that at all. So and so, this is this is really just another another sort of like an extension of that. Mm -hmm. But it does it does come across as like unnecessarily mean. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a weird sort of like. Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm seeing myself in both of them. Like as a kid, like damn, my mom ain't let me do such and such. But you and this motherfucker was just arrested. For being at a fucking junkyard after hours now, on now some that's, bikes. That's, I actually forgot about that. That's that's another good point. Yeah. That's another reason was why she probably be like, yeah, we ain't staying here all this time. Yeah. No, and I'm for it. And so it's like this. Oh, that's what I, I like about this show is because there is this overarching thing, which is I'm, I'm protecting my child. But underneath this umbrella, you have these little instances like this where it's like, shit, she just want to hang out and have fun. But. You had your chance, and you was brought home in a police car. So, you know, <laughs> and you talk too goddamn much. So, <laughs> she, oh, that lady, that girl be running her mouth. Uh, so, we get uh, Elena talking to her husband on the phone, pretty much complaining that about the, the uh, reference. Now nah, it's not good enough. And her husband's like, man, look, take care of it. If you, you don't have to... This woman don't got to be there. If you don't want her there, she ain't got to be there. This is your fucking house. Take care of it. Um, he asks her to bring his laundry. She hangs up on him. He come home with his own fucking laundry and uh, or dry cleaning. Meets 
Mia, and then it clicks to him and makes sense that if this motherfucker says she's delightful, I just met her. She's very much stoic or very much dry, and matter of fact, somebody lying. But again, see, you read it as that. See, the the first time that I watched this, mm-hmm. I thought that he was making the pass. Oh, really? Yes, I I got sexual tension from that. Okay. And I was like, where is this going? Oh, my God. Mm. Um, and, you know, me being the type of person I am, I, <laughs> I went back to the beginning. Yeah. When, he, when we see, you know, um, Mia, what I thought at the time was her doing sex work. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, I see what's going to happen. Okay. I can still see. this was going to go like a whole different way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say it won't? Who's Well, you've seen the series. But still, <laughs> I, I'm like, like, but yeah, no, I initially thought it was just like, oh, shit, yeah, she isn't sunny. Um, now, mentioning the sex schedule that him and his wife are on. I can still go through with that idea that I, I feel like that would be something Mia would possibly do much like the meatloaf move to be like, okay, even if she never finds out, this is what I did. You know, this is how I got power over her. Who, um, yeah. So her and her and Pearl leave, they go home and then Elena stops off at the police. And you know what? See, I watched this. I watched the first two episodes at a point in time where at the time of this recording, some events in the real world have happened, mainly with a homegirl with her dog on a leash and um, the Cooper guy. I forget his name that quick. Is it Andrew Cooper? Uh, who was bird watching? Hmm? Christian. Christian, excuse me. And so seeing Elena speaking so friendly and having this relationship with the law and being able to do things like get a background check and have it be under wraps or very discreet huh I just can't it's, 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 it's a whole different type of trigger yeah so when I first watched it it was prior to these events of the shit that happened but now rewatching it afterwards it's I <sighs> I, I think this show is careful um, in their, you know, regard, how you feel is how you feel, but I think they're careful in making sure to give the scenes, everything has weight. I, I think they're doing a good job with it, but man, it is, it is fuck Elena all day. I don't give a fuck what happened. I'm happy her house is on fire. I just, I can't because you're so, and even taking it back to the last episode when she stepped in the way of Mia's parenting when she when um Pearl and Moody were not arrested but caught in the junkyard and she's like oh it doesn't it's not that serious you know he's just um neighborhood watch and like he's an old friend or something like that it's like bitch you you have that relationship with the law she don't you <sighs> the fact that the neighborhood watch cuz wasn't he in a police car yeah he was he was following Mia. Was in a police car. Yeah. Is enough to just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. Because like, 
I don't know, man. I can't. I can't get behind any of Elena's bullshit. Like I, as far as watching the show, I can watch it and be entertained. But no matter what the fuck happens in this show, like Issa Rae said, I'm rooting for everybody black. And for the <laughs> shit that has been presented, and for the shitty way that her kids are acting, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, and fuck them. Um, so she gets the background check on Mia. She goes home and sees that they're eating meatloaf and not brisket. And she, you know, mentions or notes it, puts a note in the back of her head or whatever. And her daughter, Lexi, uh, fuck her too. Um, she's, they're everybody's talking about their day and we, we focus on her. She's talking about her Yale application where she has to write about a time where she's been disenfranchised or got over some stressful shit and she can't come up with anything past her being in a play or auditioning for a play and then not getting the part. And Izzy is sitting there like, who the fuck are these people? Who is this? <laughs> I, she has a smart ass comment for everything. And Moody is right behind her. Cause her mom says something like, well, I don't mean your, me and your dad worked hard to give you a good life. And uh, just because we're not some crackhead with, just now you have to put on you have to lie and act like you've had a hard life and you gotta be some crackhead's daughter to get into you. some shit that she said like that and I was like man fuck you fuck you and your family <laughs> y'all all are shitty um I don't know man I don't know I don't know um they, 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 they all trash cause that whole that whole exchange mm-hmm. you know, especially if you know Especially, you know, if you know anything about the uh, diversity quotas and things, and mm-hmm. who they actually helped. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like what Moody said. Hey, this ain't this ain't this one to help no crackheads' children mm-hmm. because they ain't out here applying to Yale. Yeah, this to help the, the, the this to help literally. This is to help y'all. This mm-hmm. is to help the mediocre folk mm-hmm. who couldn't get in no other like way. Yeah, motherfuckers. So, I feel like Izzy is the most rebellious and Moody is kind of right behind her on this line where, I don't know if it's because he's a boy or because, probably so, because I feel like the girls are trying to be molded into the image of their mom, whereas the boys are like, you know, do what the fuck you're going to do. But I feel like Izzy is the most rebellious, Moody is right behind her, but he can fly under the radar, just, I mean, either by being older or by being a boy. Um, well, maybe both. Yeah, we uh we go into dinner with the Warren family, Mia Warren, I believe her name was, and um they're at her part time job, and Pearl is giving her the rundown of what happened to her at school about the interaction with the um with the guidance counselor, and. Mia is there, but she's not there. She's hearing her daughter, but she's focusing on BB Chow. And because she's having a nervous breakdown, she's playing with some little girl at another table. She runs off and cries in the back room. And I didn't like, I, I get, <clears throat> this might be my own trauma speaking, but I get Mia, I <clears throat> how do I say this? Mia's response to Pearl, which was like, you know how to stand up for yourself. Why are you 
Essentially, why are you bitching? And that's almost familiar, not that exact scene. But then I think in that conversation, she pretty much ignored Pearl. Like, okay, yes, I heard you, but I'm not addressing anything you said. I'm more focused on this baby. Oh, I remember when you were this young and you were that little. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out. This, go, yeah. I was just going to say, now, see, this is where, for me, this is what Mia, like, this is what, this is Mia's misstep. Yeah. Because she becomes so, like, invested. Um, invested in what's going on with BB mm-hmm. that she's ignoring her own child. Yeah. Um, and I think... Hmm, okay, I'm going to take a step back for a second. <laughs> like, a lot of people in watching this show try to draw parallels between, you know, Elena and uh, Mia. Yeah. And to an extent, I can kind of see it, but it doesn't really work on a lot of the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, in this instance, we see an example of Mia sort of like reaching out and basically being in somebody else's business. Yeah. Um, just like what I said earlier, I think the reasoning behind it is much different. But mm-hmm. more or less, the effect is the same. Yeah. You have reached out into BB's life, doing all this stuff to, you know, to see about her, that you didn't ignore your own child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you that's... that's you fucked up there, me. I, I got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And that that's where I came down on is that, yes, you are doing a good thing by seeing after BB and making sure that she's okay. And even taking that shift, that's fine. But you couldn't have spent just a little bit more time. To, like, BB wasn't going nowhere. She was at work. So even if you waited five minutes or you went right then and there, the result with BB is the same, but the result with your daughter is not the same. And, yes, yeah, she might know how to take care of herself. But like she said, uh, Mia was like, yeah, you go ask for a placement test. You know how to take care of yourself. She said, yeah, I did that. So now what? You are my mother. You're my parent. Why the fuck ain't you helping me? And uh, ugh, that was that was sour. That was that was bad. Um, yeah. But Pearl, I, you know, she's well, Mia said, you know, you're you're. I don't know, resourceful and whatever else, but next scene we get Pearl with a written letter, two or three page letter, asking for, which I think, again, she's manipulative too, because this letter, I'm sure, could have stood fine on its own, but bringing that written letter to Pearl, I mean Pearl, to Elena, and playing to her ego, like, um, yeah, I wrote this letter, and I'm trying to get into this other math class, but I, I want a real writer to look it over. Yeah, you, you play into her ego. You know that she likes you. You know that she likes admiration. You know that she, you know, is a big dog in this space. And, uh, yeah, um, that was also a, a little manipulative power move herself. And she, um... Her and Moody's relationship, I feel like, is going to take a turn for the worse. Because he's like, man, you know, I thought, you know, we were in class together. And she's like, well, you know, that's... Fuck you in that class. I'm trying to sit by your brother. Because... Shit. I don't know. So, everybody goes to school. And Moody is still like... You know, he's cool. This this is not something he took personally. Um, But as soon as they leave, Lexi, with her good privilege ass, she goes and takes... Pearl's letter reads it, and this didn't happen in this episode. But I know this motherfucker gonna use that letter as her yell 
um, uh, letter, application. God damn, what is it? Yeah, whatever. So she's going to use this girl's words, maybe twist them a little bit and make it apply to her, which I can't wait to see what happens when she does that. Um, yeah. So how are you feeling about this 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 power move that uh, that uh, has been done on Elena's silly ass? I mean, you got to do, like, just like with Mia, making the meatloaf instead of the, the brisket and, yeah. you know, all the, and different type of things. I get it, you know, undermine, undermine the system whenever you can. Um, but I also feel like, I I will admit, I didn't think of it as a power move at first. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she legitimately was going to, to Elena because it seemed like she, you know, like she actually did value her opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but now hearing you say that, yeah. I think that makes more sense that she was kind of that she was kind of sort of playing her mm-hmm. because particularly because like her mama didn't pay on no mind. Yeah. So and her mama told her to take care of it. Yeah. So she did what she had to do to take care of it. And, yeah, and you're also a white woman in this space who I know like. Pearl, it, it's not lost on Pearl that however light-skinned you are, you are a little black girl. People see you and you're black. The very reason that you're having to do all this shit is because you're this black girl who was profiled by this damn guidance counselor. So let me fight fire with fire. What can I get to take down this white man and his haste decisions but an empowered white woman who I have in my back pocket who likes me? So... Do what you gotta do. Use what you gotta use. Yep. Shit. Uh, yeah. Do that. Shit. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. Now the very next scene is where we get the parenting from Mia shining through. So Izzy is in music class again, and this music teacher is yelling at Jessica again, and Izzy she cussing to her like, "Man, shut the fuck up." Why do you not think this girl got other shit to worry about than this stupid ass fucking instrument shit? Like, it's not that fucking deep. Bruh. I clapped. I clapped. I was very proud of her. Good job. The, the only thing I was, the only thing that kind of, and even if you're watching it, even with, you know, even if you're watching it, I'd have been like, now where did this come from, though? Oh, yeah, with as far as, mm-hmm. Like you just, you just went like from zero to one hundred, like mm-hmm. real, real quick. Mm-hmm. I I took it as a lot of the shit that she couldn't say to maybe her own mom, and having that final push from Mia, and having okay. the girls in the back fucking antagonizing her, and everybody calling her a lesbian and being me. Like this is a woman you can yell and say whatever. Yeah, you'll get reprimanded. But it's very different from doing this to your mom because she hasn't, she stood up to her mom like voicing her opinion. But the way she talked to this uh, music teacher, oh, she ain't, she ain't did that to Elena. Um, she didn't even did nothing like that to her sister or her brother who've been fucking with her too. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was here for it. Her ass. And she got sent the fuck home, and so she's with her mom <laughs> in her office, and her mom is just like, uh, you know, another way of control. Like, okay, I'm not saying everybody got to tell their business, but for Elena, it feels like she would be quick to tell anything. Oh, my daughter got into Yale. My son is varsity football. You know, Moody is, you know, going off to Princeton in the fall. 
and you don't want to tell all the bad things, but when the secretary walks into her office and she sees Izzy sitting there in the corner, she's quick to be like, oh, yeah, she wasn't feeling good, so, you know, I brought her to the office with me. Versus, like, something about that felt very, let me control the narrative before it gets out of hand. And let me let me do damage control because people probably already know this is my problem child. And But I have a perfect home and a perfect life. I don't, let me control the narrative. Um, this secretary told her after she asked about a fax, she said, Hey, yeah, our fax machine is down. So we sent the fax to your house, which she needs to be fired. What? How do you just decide to send a fax to my home? My, my home? Well, I, I don't care what it was. Why would you send it home? What if there were divorce papers? What, like, what if she's in an abusive relationship? Like, you don't know any. Like, what are you? What are you doing? <laughs> so that so they rush home. Um, now while they're rushing home, Mia, who's there, kind of sort of looking through shit like she was before. She sees the faxes with all these different women's criminal records with whose names are Mia Warren, and she has like the. Classic Carrie Hilson, Carrie Hilson, well, Carrie Hilson, Carrie Washington nervous breakdown face with the teeth and the lips up to the top of her nose. And she realizes, oh, <laughs> she, she realized she fucked. Like, you fucked, sis. I just have to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm being very intentional about not saying stuff that happens later, but I will say this. Uh huh. Get used to that face. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sick and tired. That. We back in ninety whatever or two thousand whatever when Save the Last Dance came out, I don't think anyone understood how how often we would see that goddamn face. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> bro. Nobody ugh. expected it. Oh my god! Like, okay, so she makes that face, and I imagine her inner monologue is like, "Okay, bitch, you got to get this together because these white people ain't playing with you. They looking up criminal records." So what I gathered from that initially was that her name wasn't Mia Warren, that she took on this identity. But at the end, by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, no, I think she is, but she just doesn't have a criminal record. Uh, that being said, she didn't half-ass this book club shit like she did with that brisket and meatloaf. This motherfucker had every kind of home and garden magazine placement uh, the house was in order. The food was laid out really nice. Um, because she knew that Elena was on her ass. But you know what? Yeah. Not, cause I'm so glad that you said that. Because in rewatching this mm-hmm. you know, for, for this conversation, mm-hmm. I was like, now why did she flip-flop from half-assing everything <laughs> to now she's out here motherfucking Stewart? But now it makes so much sense. She did that to save her ass. Yes, she knew that. Look, Elena wasn't for the shit. Like, okay, okay, black woman, you done gave me one too many uh, dirty looks and cut me off. And (laughs) and I loved it because it's like, okay, yeah, I can give you the runaround, but when it's time, I'm also capable because the shit was beautiful. Um, I like that Elena. Sent her out to a refrigerator, like on in the courtyard or some shit, so that she could have time to look up the faxes. Like, bruh. And when she did that, I assumed that Mia's picture was in there, but she just took it out. I don't know if they. Okay. Okay. And uh, so she hides them in her desk drawer or whatever. And then 
the uh, book club starts. And Mia, I love that Mia is wearing regular fucking clothes. She ain't in no maid uniform. She ain't in no white shirt and black pants. She's in the fucking clothes she woke up in. Um, and there's a, a gynecologist friend who's leading this book, this week's book club. There's a bunch of ladies sitting around, two Asian women, I believe, the rest white. And they're talking about the feminine experience and vaginas and some of the stories in the book. Stuff that I'm not even going to claim to be able to decipher and regurgitate. All in all, I think this conversation really highlighted the difference in attitude. Because Elena and her people are really conservative. They're really reserved when it comes to this type of conversation. Whereas the uh, gynecologist is like, let's fucking talk about our pussies. Like, what the fuck? Come on. Quit being like, we all got one. Like so, yeah. So I I, I like that. Um, I hope we get more of her. Um, but Elena gives a answer which to me feels like she didn't read the book or the play, um, or if she did, she skimmed it and didn't get that far because everything that she says, the gynecologist comes back with. Well, there was this story that did this and this story that did that. Yeah, listen. <laughs> as, as a life. teacher of many years. Uh I could tell when somebody is BSing because they didn't read. Yeah. Elena was BSing because she did not read. Yeah, that motherfucker, she... (laughs) Fuck her, fam. Like, (laughs) she... I guarantee you everything that she said came out of the first chapter. You had to. Mm -mm, She, yeah. It was, and, and my thing is like speaking specifically about a book club, not even just this show. But if you don't agree with the book, that's fine. But why not read it to be able to kind of hold your opinion? Like if I'm upset because we've read, I don't know, the Communist Manifesto, I should be able to read it and then be able to say, well, I didn't like this. This supports my argument. I think you did a good job here. But like, and then this was a small pamphlet. This wasn't even that big. Like, I'm with you because like, that's how I ended up doing Twilight. Okay. Um, I picked up Twilight when I was in college mm-hmm. because people said, you know, this is the next big book thing. Yeah. I read the first one. I was like, eh. <laughs> the second one, I hated it. Yeah. And I heard people that were still like, oh my God, this is so great. This is so great. And I was like, well, maybe it gets better at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it did not. It did not. Like, I, but I read through it because I was like, you know, if everyone says it's so great, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to read through this and be able to say why it is not. Yeah. You know, and to this day, I will tell like, it is not because X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Elena could have did better. Like, she could. Huh, fuck her. So, um, so she's getting kind of caught up in the responses with the gynecologist when Mia steps in and she knight in shiny armors this white woman and she's like, man, look, this is what she's saying. And then the gynecologist is like, I don't think that's what, that's not, that's not what Elena was saying. She's like, no, if I may. And like, she stepped in and got to explain. And it was a nice explanation. I... I felt that, okay, it made sense. Again, I have not read the Vagina Monologues. I've never seen this play performed. But with what they've given us and with what Mia said, I was like, okay, she clearly read this play or seen this play. 
and she's giving this gynecologist everything that she was giving Elena, like, nah, you ain't gonna beat up on my white woman because she gonna fire me. So, <laughs> and I loved it. While this is going on, we get Moody and Pearl back at Pearl's house getting high, um, talking about her mama's artwork. He's surprised that her mom listens to, what did you say, the Velvet Rope? The yeah, okay, I think so. and he was like, "Well, your mom, your mom smokes." She's like, "Yeah, when she's doing her art," and he's like, "Well, do you smoke?" And then they get to smoking, and I did like that because I felt like this was a nice scene between kids getting high, hanging out. Um, I guess my my issue coming, I think, is because I'm grown. When they start talking about their parents' sex life, and it isn't anything gratuitous, like oh, they be doing this and that, but it was more or less like their ideas around sex where Mia was like, yeah, Mia, uh, Pearl was like, yeah, my mom is very free. Like she'll, she'll have sex. Like she doesn't think it's a big deal. She'll have sex because it feels good. And then he come back with like, yeah, my parents have a schedule. They have sex on this day and this day. And I was like, you niggas, y'all need to stay in the kid's place. (laughs) So I think it was me being an adult that was like, y'all need to shut the fuck up. But yeah. Um, Moody is very much Shia LaBeouf. Um, oh my God! Yes, that's yes. him. <laughs> Even Stevens head ass. So, uh, but how do you, how do you feel about like? I think Mia talks too goddamn much. Me personally, but how do you feel about Mia and Moody? Hmm. You talking Pearl? Pearl, yeah. Goddamn, you know, yeah, Pearl. She talked too goddamn much. But her and her and Moody, I like them. But something ain't sitting right with me, and I'm I I don't know what it is. Um, I feel like shit is gonna hit the fan, and we know that she has an attraction to Trip, and to the point where now she's happy to be in a class with him. I something is not sitting right, and I feel like if they stop being friends, in this. I'm taking for what you will, but I feel like he'll be like, well, fuck your black ass. Like, I just, something about, I just don't. I, I, I see what you mean. Moody gives me very much um nice guy. Yeah. Moody gives me, I was nice to you. Mm-hmm. I did all these great things for you. You should be my girlfriend now because I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Moody gives me very much that, and we know, you know, from the stories and what, what have you, mm-hmm. that when you deny nice guys, they yeah. stop being so nice. Yeah. I I get that from him, and it's not, I don't, it's, I get that from him, and I think it's mainly because we, I, I can see that she has attraction to his brother, and then his response when she switched math classes, where it was like, but we have math together. Well, I'm smarter than, well, no, let me not say that. I'm more advanced than you are in this math game. So why should I have to lessen myself just to say that I'm close to you? Because if that's the case, we have every single class together. How is she supposed to make friends when you hovering over her for eight hours out the goddamn school day? <sighs> so yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Just about as nervous as I am about um, Archie and, and, and Rock over on there on Hollywood. Very nervous. Jesus. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> Mia and Elena have a conversation, and 
Mia comes clean. She's like, hey, I lied to you. Um, I saw the faxes. Um, I'm not used to people giving me a chance. Um, they see a black woman, single parent with a girl and, you know, pretty much kind of spilling her guts. And she was like, you know, uh, thank you. Get you, you gave me a chance. You did X, Y, and Z. Now I believed everything that Mia said, but something about it felt very much like damage control. Like, let me play to this white woman's, uh, greater need to be a savior. And though these events that I'm giving her may be true, the fact that my back is against the wall and I know that you is looking into my past, now I'll come out with the truth. So you know, it reminds me because I just recently um watched uh, the scandal of how to get away murder crossover. I know mm-hmm. I'm years years late. But I watched that and one a lot um Talking about not being able to see Carrie Washington outside of Olivia Pope. <laughs> Something that um, that Olivia says is like, the truth is often our greatest weapon. You mm. know, we have to learn to use it, you know, to help us, to help our cases pretty much. Yeah. And that scene gave me very much the embodiment of that line. Mm, okay. I'm telling you the truth, but I'm using this as a way to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't try to kick me and my daughter out this out this house. Right. You know, from this job, so on and so forth. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I, I get that. That's exactly what it felt like. Like, yeah, I'm gonna come clean, and then I'm gonna give you a little bit of extra too, because she talked about the Lucky Palace, about having her her manager call her, and you know, it just it, it felt very like a truth, but it's very convenient timing. Like, mm-hmm. if she hadn't have seen those faxes, this probably would have never come out. Um, and it's smart. It's smart. It's self preservation. Like, yeah. This is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you and your daughter, you and your family. Like, you got a job in the damn house of the enemy, so to speak, to make sure that your daughter is okay. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with it. Um, and they, they have that conversation, and, and Elena's just like, she's listening. She's like, okay, well, you know, this. you told me the truth. Thank you. Um, I thought that was a very good, raw, and honest scene. I did like it. Uh, but it's still cut back and forth with Moody and Pearl. And they're writing poems on each other's arms. It's honestly very cute. I like what they have going on. But I'm just very nervous that all of these interactions are building up an attraction that he has for her. Um, even if it's not romantic. If it's just like, I'm your friend. You're my friend. Like a possessive thing. And I don't know that it's going to get that far. But it feels very... It has me... They're on my radar. Um, the other thing... I know, I know this is the 90s, but... What is... What's that saying? It's 6 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? It feels like nobody knows where the fuck their kids are. Like... Yeah, they're at Mia's house, but I can't recall if they mentioned that Pearl and Moody would be there. And then fuck them, because we see them. Where is Izzy? Where is Trip? Where the fuck is Lexi? Like, these kids, it's just... Just doing whatever. Ah, man. But, okay. Okay, do your thing. Um, We cut back to the two moms having this conversation. And this is honestly probably my favorite scene. Because they are... It's the culmination of everything that we've had from the start of the first episode to now. 
I never would have thought watching the first episode that these two would be sitting here on a couch drinking wine together, reminiscing. I never would have thought that. Um, the the conversation is good. I like how they're sharing. It feels natural. It feels real. That's a testament to these actresses. They they have chemistry. Um, and I think the questions that Elena was asking was the questions that anybody would about art and about what it is you do. But they touched on this, and this is what I like about this show. Oh, my God. So going from the vagina monologue thing, from the first episode, we get that Elena is very conservative, kind of squeamish, very reserved, especially when it comes to genitals and sex and whatnot. She's scheduling sex with her husband. She doesn't even want to say vagina. She says, can we call it Virginia? Then we get to the second episode. We have the book club. And underneath all that, with this conversation between them two, we mentioned the artwork, the art piece. And about, I'm going to go and assume, and you let me know if we're on the same page, that through the story that Mia told, that Mia was sexually assaulted before, or be it her being a child or it being a grown woman, and that that art piece hanging above her um, fireplace that Elena is showing so much attention to is kind of like her getting that incident or that series of events out on paper. And I say that because when they're talking back and forth, she Elena mentions it and Mia says something to the effect of remember that the events that occur because of our secret place or something referencing the conversation in the book club. And to me, it just, that's where my mind went. I mean, I went like, okay, is this a sexual assault that she was able to creatively like get out on paper and be done with, but keep around as a reminder, but having this woman have laid eyes on it and so much, so much. I don't know. I like, am I, do I feel like I'm reaching or? No, no, that's, that's, that's very logical. You know, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. It mm. makes a whole lot of sense. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, that's where I am, folks. That's where I am with that. Uh, with that. That piece and this conversation, um, and then and they get to kind of shed in a few tears, and I like the 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 last part of this conversation, which was about daughters, and it was like, um, I think Elena said, "Do you? How do you do? You know if Pearl hates you?" And she was like, "No," or. Something. Do you think about if your daughter um, likes you or not? Okay. And um, Mia, like, Mia was like, no, it's never crossed my mind. And <laughs> Elena was like, that's because she does. Yeah, right, and right. She, like, yeah. Told this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, because she said, yeah, if, if, if she didn't, if she hated you or whatever, you, it would be the only thing you thought about or you would know or something. Like, the, the way they did this conversation, I, I liked it. I liked it. If I was an actor... And we were doing a monologue or a read or whatever. I would want, like, and I had to pick a scene. It would probably be this one because it's so raw. And for her to end, Elena being like, um, I don't know what she said verbatim, but pretty much that she wrote that letter for for Pearl. And Mia being kind of blindsided, like, what the fuck you talking about? And to get home and talk to Pearl about her day and Pearl not mention that this woman, this white woman, your boss, your adversary helped her do the thing that you were not even willing to listen to. 
Ooh, so I don't know if she feel like she's losing her daughter or what, but I mean, it's 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 a real fear, and you know, I have to say, Reese Witherspoon is acting her ass off. Like, yeah, I just have, I have to say that first because you're right. Like that's that scene. Like she she did the fuck out of that. Yeah, like um, and you felt it, and what um, what um, what I can say. And now that she sort of like spilled her guts to Mia, mm-hmm. and then like you said, Mia goes home to Pearl, and Pearl is now starting to hide stuff from her. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the idea has to be in Mia's head. It's like, shit, am I losing my daughter? Yeah, yeah. I'm, and it's through it's your own fault. And, and it's again, I know there's no handbook to being a parent, but you have to. One, you have to look at yourself. What things did you do when you were 15, 16? Though times are different, some things will remain the same. But you so focused on whatever the fuck you focused on. Your artwork, BB child, trying to keep your daughter safe but not paying attention to her, not listening to her. Like, she just shouted your ass down in the first episode and that felt like the first time you actually listened to her. Um... I don't know. I don't know. She, I'm interested to see how their relationship goes, progresses from here. Uh, we end with Pearl. God damn, what do mean these names? Pearl and Moody parting ways to go to math class. And Pearl makes sure she sits in the seat right next to Trip. And this little motherfucker has this fake surprise like oh hey yeah what are you doing like you know what the fuck you doing all them chairs them empty chairs you pass and you want to sit next to this motherfucker like you know what you're doing um so she to me she's like it just that's proof that she's just like her mom if not better as far as being able to i mean hell she was raised i think in that car shit like so you know she she's picked up on some some things here Oh man. Um and then the mom and BB Child was talking about the baby that BB Child doesn't have anymore. I don't think the baby died. I think it's just taken away from her. I I have no sympathy for Mia in this instance because you're putting focus on a motherfucker who's not your child. Not to say you can't do two things at once, but this energy you've given and pouring into BB Child and her baby and all this, you could be doing that with your own child. Correct. So, I, I don't know, man. What, how, what's, how you feeling? What did you? I mean, I think something that we see in this episode a lot. Oh wait, I think something that we see in this episode a lot is a lot of like. I mean, the episode is called "Seeds and All." Mm-hmm. A whole lot of seeds being planted. A whole mm-hmm. lot of stuff that. Um, that you know that we can tell is going to be like major stuff is going to be you know really stick out like mm-hmm. uh, we see Pearl and Elena not Pearl and Elena uh, what we do we you see Pearl and Elena you know kind of getting closer we see me and Elena kind of like they're still trying to figure out their relationship mm-hmm. we see we're starting to see this little um, thing between um, Pearl Moody and Trip. Mm-hmm. You know, we see BB Child, we see Lexi. Like, there's so much stuff that this episode is like laying out. It's like, okay, this is this is about to be a thing. Yeah. So, 
So you can imagine with me having watched this as my first episode, I was like, okay, this is this is about to be some shit. Yeah, yeah. I and it's uh, what is it, an eight episode eight episode series, right? Is it eight or ten? Yes. So to know that I only have fucking six more episodes to go, though it's that six hours, it still doesn't feel like it's enough. I feel like I'm gonna want more. Everybody I know who have seen this, who have posted, is like, oh, I wish there was a season two. I hope there will be a season two. Um, but I'm I'm scared to go on. I'm scared to continue because I just, I feel like this shit gonna have me upset in my feelings, yelling at the TV, uh, typing, Twitter fingers typing like... <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I'm here to tell you right now. Just buckle up. I... Being in quarantine and watching all these fucking shows back to back, like I'm watching this in Hollywood kind of at the same time, um, the real world events that are going on, and I just finished like a lighthearted comedy, Working Moms, a Netflix series, which I just watched season four, and it didn't end on a bad note, but for it to be a comedy, the last couple, like five or six episodes, had a very serious through line I was just like shit can I not escape this serious shit like I'm just uh, fuck I can't even watch cartoons hell I love Avatar but that shit ain't all smiles and rainbows that shit is so fuck um yeah I don't know man what what are your how are you you feeling about the show itself like does it make you want to read the book Do do you see how it could be a season two, three, and four down the line since you've already completed the the um, series. Like, what's what is this? So for me, it's like like I said at the beginning, it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's stressful as the fuck. Like, it is definitely one of those shows that'll make you be like, I gotta talk to somebody about this. Yeah. Like, I had a friend who I would call after every, because it, it premiered on Wednesdays. I would call them every, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and be like, motherfucker, let me tell you about this. <laughs> oh, man. Like, like, it was, it's 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 a great show. Yeah. I loved how this show um, really kind of panned out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, my God, like you, I can't deal with all this serious stuff. Like, I can't deal with this. Like, give me, whew, y'all are stressing me out. I yeah. need some. I need some more fun. I'm, I, need, I need to go watch a, go watch something silly. Like Steven Universe or something, because this shit. No. Oh no. Don't watch Steven oh Universe. shit. <laughs> okay. And fuck that. Go watch Craig of the Creek or something. Oh yes, yes. Speaking of yes, yeah, we yeah, yeah. You know, um, I don't know, man. As far as favorite, least favorite, all that, I don't even know if I can. I mean, I'm sure I can give a favorite and least favorite and favorite scene, but honestly, everybody, as much as I don't like Elena, I I I, I feel like she's a very human character. I feel like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Celeste did a really good job with that character. Um with everybody so I don't really even have a favorite and least favorite it's just 
the story itself is my favorite and least favorite because it's fucking me up. Um, so, I'm gonna say so. Speak of what? Do, what do you think is going to happen next? Like, what are you expecting from some of these episode um, three? I expect this house to be on fire in episode three. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, I think the rift is going to grow. I think that we've moved all the players around now and that this is just setting the... This episode one and two are act one. And I think going forward, it's about to be drama. Balls to the wall, drama. Um, Moody and Pearl are going to fall out when he sees that she's feeling his brother. Uh, we're going to find out... or Pearl going to find out about... Lexi using her words to get into Yale, which is going to be some shit. I think Elena and I'm waiting for the final Elena and Mia face off. I feel like they're going to be in a alone in a room. Just <laughs> throwing <laughs> jails back and forth. Like I just I'm ready for everybody's relationship to crumble. I'm I, I'm ready for that. I feel like everybody's going to bump heads and. I hope that even though I don't like Elena, I hope that they make it so that she has some very valid points on top of her shittiness. Like I, cause I like the gray area where like the villain, like Magneto, Magneto was right. Like he was a villain, but you know, he had some points and even though professor X is the quote unquote hero, he still do some shitty shit too. So I'm hoping that everybody has that gray area and that everybody just ends this season hating each other. That's what I want. Fuck that. I just want drama and brimstone shit. So, I I hope, I hope. Shit, we can even have a happy ending, but episodes three through halfway through episode eight, I need bullshit. I need drama. Yes, I need to see them going through it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. And Pearl need to quit running her fucking mouth. That's how I feel. Oh, fuck. Um, well... I don't know. Thanks again. Let these people know where they can find you, support you, follow you. You got any projects or any of that? Let these folks know. Um, projects. I'm just going to say follow me. Um, <laughs> you know, you like I said, use, um, my username is Loose Says a Deuce on pretty much everything. L-O-O-S-E-A-S-A-D-E-U-C-E um, on pretty much all the social medias. Um, website mhaines.org. You know, if you if you're in the in the fantasy loving realm, you can follow my series, theelementalseries.com. Follow me on anywhere. We talk about it. I love talking about uh, pop culture stuff. So if you want to rant about how aggravating the land is, we can do that too. <laughs> good deal, good deal. Of course, those links will be in the show notes. Make sure you take a look at those and follow. Follow this very accomplished man and his work and thoughts and opinions and shit. Um, me, Carefree Blurred on Twitter, Carefree Black Nerd everywhere else. Um, shit, if y'all here, you know where to go. Check the shows before and after this one on the feed. Check the links for uh, the last two episodes that Marcus was on so you can hear more of his opinions and comments and whatnot. And um, I don't know, man. Stay carefree, stay nerdy. And if you are black just be safe black people in 97 be safe just be fucking safe man uh and i'll catch y'all next time